Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to the Life Plus God podcast. My name is Alyssa Robinson. I'm your host, and that yay you just heard (laughs) was from Reverend Gracie Millard, one of our associate pastors. I love Christmas. So we have been on this Advent journey uh, called Christmas Kaleidoscope, where we are seeing all of the little pieces of the story of Christmas come together to create this beautiful story of God's love. And we're, we're getting down to those final pieces. And today we're asking the question, where is hope in the Christmas story? Is there any? <laughs> So hope is one of those puzzle pieces. It's one of those pieces of the kaleidoscope and maybe one of the the brighter, more dazzling colors uh, within the kaleidoscope. But that's enough of that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Gracie, I'm so glad that you're here as, as we head into this joyous time together. Yeah, happy to be here. Why do you think hope holds so much value in our faith? Yeah, I think that hope is something that um, is tangible for us to put our faith in. It's a clarified, um, rather than just like hope that, in a general hope, but we have a very specific hope that God has made promises to us that God's going to fulfill. Um, And so I think it's really, really important to our faith. and yeah, as even though that sounds not very specific, and it isn't because there's a lot of promises that God has, um, you know, that we believe God is going to fulfill, but it specifies it that our hope is in God um, and that we have something uh, to keep us, to, to give us purpose and to give us reason to um, serve, to worship and to, um, you know, get through each day, I think, as we'll touch on later. (laughs) I know. I think that hope is like the driving force that Mm -hmm. keeps us moving forward of like faith without hope, belief without hope, anything, anything, secular or spiritual without hope goes nowhere. Right. Because the hope is looking towards something better is yet to come. Right. Things can change. Things can get better. Transformation is possible. Restoration yeah. is possible. And from the tiniest thing of like a DIY home project to <laughs> the biggest thing of a spiritual connection to the universe, right. there are elements of hope in right. both of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What what is the difference between hope and optimism? I think that's a really good question. Um because I think for me it probably more comes from the connotations of the word versus like the actual definitions because when I went to just double check my work <laughs> looking at the definitions, um optimism had hope in the definition. It was like that the person hopes that everything is working out the way um, the best possible way or something. Um, so I guess for me, how I, I see hope as more of like the actual thing. Um, and optimism is maybe just believing that that thing is going to happen. Um, believing that it's there and maybe hope is 
having like having actually maybe experienced a little bit of the light or whatever. Um, so like I think the classic definition for hope is that light and darkness. Um, so that maybe hope is having caught a glimpse of that light um, or even continuing to see that light. And then optimism maybe is just like believing that the light's there, but it's not like you haven't seen it. So I don't know that if that's, um, that might be a very subjective uh, difference to me. Like that's my personal uh, definition of a difference between hope and optimism, but I don't know. Others might disagree. Yeah. I don't, it, it's hard because I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the actual difference is, but then there is, it, it feels like a diff, big difference to say, like, I am hopeful that God will fulfill God's promises mm. versus I am optimistic that mm. God will fulfill God's promises. And I don't know if it's just like mm. our cultural assignments right. to each of the words. Um, but hope, I feel like we have more invested yeah. in it. It when I use the word hope, it, it feels like it's with all of your right. being. Like Yeah, it comes it, from like the very core of you. It's yeah. guttural. Yeah. And then optimism feels like it could just live in the brain. Right. But yeah. hope goes beyond that. It goes beyond our our head knowledge. Um Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's something that's really difficult to define and someone mm -hmm. listening might be like, no, I think they're the same thing. Which, yeah, which maybe they are. Maybe it is. Yeah. Why Why do you think it's important to remind ourselves of hope, at, at, especially this time of year, at mm -hmm. Christmas? Yeah. Specifically to remind ourselves that we have hope in God at Christmas um, or that Christmas is, is a reminder of the hope we have in God. Um, because I think, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the first one to say that Christmas has become about so many other things. Um, but what Christmas, what, <laughs> what Christmas God really intended for that to be about is look at this tangible hope that I'm giving you, I, that I am a God who fulfills promises. Um, I'm a God who's coming to be with you. And I'm a God who's changing the world through a baby. Um, I think that's the kind of hope that God wants us to base our whole living out of versus the hope that we get, you know, a present under the Christmas tree. Or like, I think it's just easy to forget, like, that we depend on God. Um, and that Christmas reminds us that our hope, our really all our hope, true hope is in God. And I think that, um, one of the things that is interesting about the way that God revealed God's self through this baby is that, um, hope maybe has humble beginnings hmm. and that it, it's not, maybe hope is it's a seed that's mm -hmm. planted that grows over time yeah. as opposed to like this triumphal entry and immediate takeover. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that that allows that little reminder of, and mm. I, I don't have kids. I've never had kids. I've only, um, 
heard stories of like the anticipation of pregnancy Hmm. and like the actual feeling of having a baby. And so like, I don't want to have kids, but that is something that I, you know, I don't know if envy is the right word, but it, it would be for anyone who is a mother, I'm sure Christmas hits them a little bit differently than for those of us who have not literally given birth. (laughs) Um, but there, there's something in the hope of a new baby Mm -hmm. of it it allows you to dream Mm -hmm. for this child and Mm -hmm. who are they going to be? Yeah. Yeah. uh, How are they going to function in this world? And I don't know. It's just just, expectations. Yes. And I, I like that you're talking about the, like the seed that's being planted and that it just makes me think of like that hope is not something that's like a fleeting thing, that mm-hmm. it's something that God intends to grow over time and that it's everlasting. It's not a, um, maybe that's where the difference for optimism comes. I yeah. don't know, but it's, it's something that's planted and grows yeah. and, um, is not it's a it's a pa- something that requires patience. And well, this is and there's a, a saying that the wheel of justice turns slowly, and maybe we could say the wheel of hope turns slowly, <laughs> because one of the things that Daniel talked about in his episode on forgiveness is, you know, this tapestry of or let's say kaleidoscope, this kaleidoscope of uh, God's love began. 900 years before with the prophet Isaiah. Right. And like, maybe that's when the seed of hope was planted. Right. And then it's just been growing and growing and growing for almost a thousand years. Right. And then Jesus shows up. Like, it is just kind of incredible how these strands of hope are weaving throughout this story. Yeah. So if we're focusing specifically on the Christmas story of, Mm -hmm. you know, the fun part, Mary, Joseph, wise men, shepherds, angels, all of this. um, How do you think that each of the characters in Christmas, the Christmas story, were seeking hope in different ways? Well, I think probably the easiest one that comes to mind is that the shepherds have this really, well, I guess they... (laughs) If depending on which gospel you read, they all have encounters with angels of some kind, some divine encounter. Um, but I guess the first one that comes to my mind is that with the shepherds that they um, here they are these lowly shepherds who are literally working in the night. So if you're you're, you're working a night shift, you're not working the the um, the prime job. And here they are that they they are the ones to receive this news from heavenly hosts coming to them and saying that this is good news for all people um, and that that the Messiah has been born to you and that they're the ones who receive this news um, that, like you just mentioned before, that this seed that had been planted from 900 years ago, that, like, wait, the Messiah, the 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 one that we've been waiting like a thousand years for is, is here that maybe this is the one who's going to bring Israel justice and maybe there will be peace. Um, so maybe I, you know, I no longer have to 
worry about things that I was, you know, who knows what they, their personal worries and daily concerns were that maybe that this, this news brought personal hope for, um, but that the world was changing. Um, I mean, these are probably people who really want the world to change. Yeah. Like I imagine extremely oppressed people. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, Mary, (laughs) um, I, I can't imagine Mary just, she, I, I was really struggling with this for, because I was like, I don't know if Mary had a, Mary had much of a choice. Um, I mean, I know she, I know it said that God, you know, spoke to her and saw, you know, favor in her, but I mean, she really had no choice but to have hope that God was going to be true to God's promise that, you know, you're not going to abandon me, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I got this baby and I'm not married. And my husband or my fiance, he could leave me. Um, he has every right to do that. And I'm just a teenager and I don't know what I'm doing. So I think with Mary is that... That's the only choice she had to make it through was to have hope that God was not going to abandon her. So there's these all these already what I'm hearing of just two characters. There's all of these different emotions around hope of like for the shepherds, maybe it was excitement Uh and optimism for, hey, things can change. And yeah. for Mary, it was like, okay, I hope you're right. Like, right. Well, it's ang- There had to be some anxiety oh and gosh. worry with yeah. like, she, of course, she, she had the choice in saying yes, but that's about all she had the choice in because yeah. everything else is completely out of her right. control. She can't control the way other people react right. to the news that exactly. she's carrying. And so it, I imagine she probably was just like every every person that she shared this with, she doesn't know how they're going to react. And so she has to hold so much hope in this message that the angel delivered to her that like it had to cancel out all of those fears. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <crazy. laughs> yeah. It was going to be so much bigger than the pain that she was currently enduring I think maybe that's something that hope like something really big about hope is that hope is what helps you is the only thing that can help you endure pain um that there is great the hope is greater than the pain that you're enduring or that's what you have to hold on to is that there's something better coming and it's going to be worth it gosh I hope so (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Well, what about, what do you think of Joseph? Gosh, I think, I think with Joseph, it's something similar to Mary of like, I'm just, I'm placing hope that God is, is going to deliver, that this is going to be true. Um, Gosh, I mean, he had, he didn't even... I feel I always feel for Joseph. He has very <laughs> indirect relationship that he just kind of has to take this in faith and trusting that again that this is for the greater good mm-hmm. and um, so he has to place hope in in 
God fulfilling God's promises in um in Mary and in oh gosh in himself that he's making the right choice I mean I can't imagine. It's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming to try to figure out how how did he make that choice to yeah. say, okay. <laughs> well, and then I also think of the the opposite end of the spectrum too of like, for certain people, hope is very threatening. So like mm-hmm. King Herod, mm-hmm. which, you know, after the word, King Herod killed a lot of babies because of this hope that was instilled in the people that threatened his power and threatened his rule. You're right. Um, And then, you know, I imagine Caesar, I don't, we don't really know much about like his reaction to the birth of Jesus, but like, I imagine anyone in power hearing news of this hope that's spreading through the lower classes uh, was very threatening to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, even then later, like when Jesus, so we could maybe infer that like later on as the, like the Pharisees and a lot of the spiritual leaders were threatened that like, who's this guy that's providing hope for people when like, our law has helped us get through so much. Um, but yeah, this, that the story of, or that this, the rumors of this guy, this baby being born. No, no, we got to squash that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that the Christmas story, because hearing all of these different characters and we didn't really get into uh, the wise men or the mm-hmm. magi or whatever, but there, I think that theirs is kind of a combination of fear and excitement too, mm-hmm. of like they make their way to Jesus. They have these gifts. It's the, and they're the gifts that they're presenting are gifts for a King. Mm-hmm. And so it's obvious that they have a hope in the future of this baby. Mm-hmm. But then when they go back, they go back a different way mm-hmm. out of fear. Mm-hmm. of the people in power as we mentioned who right. probably want to squash that hope <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah no that's exactly what I was thinking for the magi is that they have this um they're coming at it from a completely non-religious angle of um like that they were not Israelites by any means they didn't have this like story of um, they haven't been waiting forever right. like the shepherds and yeah. Mary and Joseph would have been. Do we know that the shepherds were Jewish? I guess we don't necessarily know for sure. Um, I Deduction skills make me want to assume that they are. Well, I guess if the but, angels appear to them and say, we have this message for you, we... Like they could have been a mix of like, they know something. If we're telling you the Messiah has come, you probably were waiting for a Messiah right, to come. Right. Right? And they're like, wait, we don't speak your language. What, yeah. <laughs> what does this mean? Right. Right. So yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. So we, reasonable we, deduction. All of these characters weaving out of the story, they're each experiencing hope in different ways, carrying different <laughs> emotions. Does the Christmas story still provide hope for us today? And if it does, how? Yeah. So I think that it does. I think that I it, thought the answer might be that it <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah. I'm, I'm sh- I'm, right. There's a, maybe so a reason that we still it? celebrate how it. How does it? Um, yeah. That 
Well, the first thing that came to mind is just like that God can change the world, that yeah. God can change the world, um, and that God can change the world from the bottom, from from the lowliest of places, from the least, from the most uh, hopeless of circumstances, that God um, fulfills God's promises. I think that's where we find hope in the Christmas story today is that it shows us that God is a God who fulfills promises and that God is the Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not who was with us and like let, but it's like that God has been with us and will be with us. Um, I think that's where hope comes in for the Christmas story for today. Um, I think hope is something like it's just this human thing that we need. Um, that's why it translates and has held on. Ha- we've held on to it. And this story is so powerful and why it's touches people year after year. And people keep, even if they, you know, only come twice a year, this is, there's a reason that they do come, you know. Well, and, and I also think about, you know, that change can happen and God can use anyone Mm -hmm. to make that change. Mm -hmm. I just think it's interesting because like, I think that not even just culturally, like in humanity, we, we all want to leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. We all, you know, want to make a mark on this world. But then we hear about these shepherds one time and then never know, never Mm. hear about them again, like never. And there's such an integral part Mm. to this faith story and the beginning of our faith story. And, um, they come into the picture, they're given the news Mm -hmm. and then we have no idea what happens to them after this and what kind of lives that they lead. And I think that what's encouraging to me is like, if we're willing to listen to God Mm. and be present, all it takes is one moment to -hmm. participate in uh, God's story Mm -hmm. and to, to, be a part of it. And it's not even about like my impact or my legacy that mm-hmm. I'm leaving, but like a willingness to participate mm-hmm. in this kaleidoscope that yeah. God is putting together yep. in whatever way. And if it means like I hear a message and I travel to see a baby mm-hmm. and that's the end of my story, mm-hmm. that's huge. Right. Or it also makes me think of with all these characters, they all find out that it's not that there's, um, just one chance for that, you know, to hear about this or to participate in the hope. It's that God is a God of many chances Mm -hmm. and that, um, that, you know, you could have heard about it maybe from the shepherds or like from Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, maybe she told you about it. Like that there's that God never, that, that hope is something that's always readily available. Mm -hmm. Um, and, like you you'd said um that god can use anything or anyone and so i think that's why this um christmas story is so powerful for people is that um it really comes it, whatever pain or situation you're experiencing you can find some relation to 
I don't know if, if you're single or like if you're um, if you're a teenager, like you can find some point of connection of this like, oh, but God can still God has made something beautiful and God plants hope through this this circumstance. Why can't it be the same for me or that this circumstance means hope for me, too? So, well, and I think that a, a key is we've said a few times participating, mm-hmm. um, being a part of the story. We mm-hmm. get the chance to be a part of this story of hope. And around Christmas time, there is just um, this overflowing of goodwill. People are mm. looking, and I and it would be lovely if we did this all year, right. but especially around Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, people are looking for ways to serve. They're looking mm. for ways to give. They're, they want to donate. They want to... Um, help other people. And I think that it's, it's an example of us being an extension Mm -hmm. of God's hope, um, for others. So what are some things that we can do to, uh, be a source of Christ's hope for others? Hmm. Um, so I was trying to, I was trying to think of some profound thing to say for this. Um, but, what came to mind was that, um, and maybe a, Daniel had alluded to this from the prophecy in Isaiah that that Jesus later s- proclaims for himself, um, saying that he is fu- he is the fulfillment of this prophecy. That's in Isaiah sixty one, who um, that Jesus says, "The Spirit of God is upon me, that I have come to bring good news to the oppressed, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, release the prisoners." to comfort those who mourn and provide for those who mourn. I think that's just the, that's, that's your list (laughs) of, of ways to provide hope, um, to do the things that Jesus Christ did. Um, so bring good news to the oppressed. I don't know how you want to interpret how you can do that. Um, I don't know if that's, um, you know, taking on a family's bills or, um, I'm really bad at brainstorming right now, but um, but just looking at that list in Isaiah, Isaiah 61, um, those are the things that Jesus says he is the fulfillment of. And as followers of Christ, we're claiming to do those things too. Um, and so I th- that is Jesus's embodiment of hope. Um, that's how Jesus is the living hope, the embodiment of hope. Um, because Jesus brings good news to the poor and and releases the captives and comforts those who are brokenhearted. Yeah, and I think that part of that is to experience this hope and to be a part of this hope, we have to open our eyes to what's happening around us mm-hmm. because it is so easy to get caught up, especially this last week counting down mm-hmm. to Christmas of have I gotten all the presents? Have I wrapped mm-hmm. everything? Have I made sure everybody knows the plan for Christmas dinner right. and, and all of this stuff um, to forget to look for who is mm-hmm. oppressed around me, who is mm-hmm. mourning, who is grieving, mm-hmm. who is really struggling during this time and how can I be of service to them? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think that if maybe the only thing that you do to be a source of hope is to open your eyes mm. and see who needs who needs some hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then that's a that's a good first step. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you need you need that step to, in order to maybe next year take the next. Yeah. Um, and I think also I I just go back to Emmanuel, the being the God with us and just so being a presence in whatever way you can for somebody um, that that's a source of hope for people that they're not alone Mm. in some, whatever way, you know, you can't ever really fix people's problems. Um, That's something I learn in ministry. It's like you can't fix people's problems. And it's so frustrating because you want to. Um, And just as a follower of Christ, you want people to, you know, you want to help people. And there's a lot of times you just can't really provide the tangible help that they need. But just being a presence for people provides a lot of hope, I think. So how how have you personally experienced God's hope at work in your life? Are there some examples hmm. that you can give us that kind of help us uh, frame what this experience of God's hope means? Yes. So I have a couple, and one one of which I don't know if you'll you might want to not use because <laughs> um, it's just kind of touchy right now. I am intrigued. <laughs> well, yeah. okay. Well, f- um, the first one that I can kind of think of is um, the first time I felt like truly hopeless was like the beginning of the pandemic when we had just no answers about anything, about how long this was lasting, how lethal, how many, how long this would go on. Um, I, that was when the first time I experienced feeling truly hopeless of I have I I don't feel like I can trust anything about the future I have no idea what the future is going to look like um and it didn't happen overnight but it's just slowly um was reminded of all the people not for some reason, not thinking of all the people in the world presently, but like throughout history who have endured wars and famines and just horrible things, um, diseases, life, like long lasting diseases, just all these terrible things. Um, and that they somehow managed to get through, um, and that they held on to stories of hope um especially the the story of hope and then thinking about and then I was like oh yeah and in the the actual people in the stories of hope like that we read about all the time and that you're getting your degree in um oh right because yeah, you were in seminary yeah, during the pandemic yeah, yeah. um and so thinking about that god is that this this God that I am praying to is the God of of Jacob, whose family was reunited, and the God of Moses, who delivered Israel from slavery. And this is the God of hope who came to earth and um, to be with us and to 
to show us love and to show us how to love. Um, and that this, this is a God who fulfills promises. And even if I don't know how it's going to look, maybe I no longer have, can, can tangibly put my, uh, can picture things, um, can picture the future or how my future might look. Um, I'm going to put my hope in God and that the greater story is being told and that um, it'll be worth, not that the pain will be worth it or that um, that the pain is part of God's plan at all, but that um, I have something to hold on to, that this is a God who has not abandoned me. Um, and it, when you, when you describe that, it's there, I don't know if there's a word for it, but there's this strange feeling sometimes in those moments when you were talking about looking back in history and everything that humanity has overcome at different times in history, um, that you feel so small hmm. and yet at the same time, God is with you mm -hmm. and you feel significant Very and seen. Comforted. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. and so it's these opposite mm -hmm. things of like, how do I feel so insignificant and yet so seen mm -hmm. at the same time? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if there's a word for that because I feel that all the I time. Know. <laughs> and I know. And I've had that moment of like, when I see images from the web telescope mm -hmm. of yep, the exactly. universe and I'm like, oh my God, like my life doesn't matter at all. And, and yet I feel so loved. I feel yeah. so loved and comforted by yeah. like the magnitude yeah. of the universe. Yes. And um Yeah, I don't know the word it's for it. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's I it's definitely that. That's exactly Maybe, what Yeah. And I think hope is a part of it. Like mm -hmm. it's it's the reason you can feel that way is because of this greater story of hope that's mm -hmm. unfolding. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll just for sake of probably curiosity that the other one is just like the, the here I am entering my like vocational career in ministry. Um, when the future of the church looks uncertain and not even just our denomination, but like the church just looks so different and probably will be very different um by the time my career ends whenever it does whatever um and that scares me a lot <laughs> because um i don't know what it will look like and so i'm having to put hope that god that God's promises are bigger than my, what I'm able to picture. Um, and that the, the way that we do the work of God, um, it doesn't, I was gonna say it doesn't matter, but like that, the way that Paul did the early church, Paul couldn't have imagined this is how it looked, but the work of God was still getting done. Um, so I'm trying to not let m the limitations of my understanding of how God's work can get done 
Uh, well, I think it's a good reminder, especially, I mean, this time of year when, like you said, some people only go to church twice a year and this is one of the times they choose to come. Mm -hmm. And so it is an uh, important reminder that our hope is not in church. Mm -hmm. Our hope is not in the denomination. Our hope is not in the church leaders. Our Uh hope is in God. Right. And we can only each do our best to um, follow the path that God has put in front of us. Right. Uh, and just but be faithful. I think it right. is like, I don't think that that's really a touchy subject because I think that we're all feeling a little, yeah. you probably more so because the, like you said, this is your vocation. This is where what you have chosen to dedicate your life to. So I understand. And yeah. there is... Um, you're in the Mary position of like, there is hope that God will do what God promised, (laughs) but also you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how people are going to react. You have no control over decisions that people are making Mm -hmm. somewhere else that will in turn affect Mm -hmm. your choices, your choice to become a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I do think that it is it is that reminder that like we put our hope in God mm-hmm. and the church can be helpful, but yes. the church can also be a hindrance right? and can distract us yes. from where our hope should be. Right. Yeah. Despite, despite our best intentions. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's that. Thank you for putting words to that, to that word vomit of, um, maybe it's probably because I'm still processing it, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that God, that, that my hope is in God and my, that is the one, one thing that is, God is not a thing, but that God is the one, um, well, lack of a better word, the one thing that, that we can, we can put our hope in. Well, so, so how do, cause I think that we all need those reminders of like, there is hope and we've all had that feeling that you mentioned for you, it was at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, for me, it was in the midst of my divorce, hmm. that feeling of hopelessness mm-hmm. of like, I don't see a future. Mm-hmm. I don't see what my life looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that everyone has an experience of that. And if you haven't had that experience yet, you will sometime eventually, like you'll, you'll feel that sometime. Mm-hmm. So what are some practical things that we can do to hold on to hmm. hope? Uh, this is going to be a really basic pastor answer, but reading scripture, I mean, it is, it is, it's, ha- it contains words of hope. Um, it contains words of hope in the midst of war and famine and imperial rule and uncertainty um reading psalms maybe it would be a really helpful way to hold on to hope reading um like that isaiah 61 is a great one isaiah 9 um and and the gospels themselves um so i think that's the number one place to start is reading scripture um, or reading other words of faith from from other f- um, thought leaders and 
Um, I mean, I always go to Richard Rohr. He's my go-to. <laughs> um, and then other other ways to remind yourself of hope is to be the sort to be the source of hope um or, or to be an instrument of hope i guess um so by by giving um by being present by opening your eyes to um the world around you and seeing what is what is something what is god calling you to do um how is god calling you to provide hope um or to be the instrument of hope um to do all those things that Jesus embodied and calls us to do. Um, well, and I also sometimes wonder, like, are there things I should not be doing that <laughs> won't help me hang on to hope? Because, like, I'll tell you, one of the things for me is the news. Like, mm. I cannot it's really regularly hard. consume the news and be hopeful. Yeah, And it's yep. not because... I don't think that the news is an accurate reflection all the time of right. what's happening in in our community because uh, a lot of it is crime driven. A lot uh -huh. of it is, you know, the well, story fear. is the story is the yeah. darkness that right. we see surrounding us. But if I were to stop watching the news entirely and just depend on the interactions that I have with people uh, throughout the community, then it would bring me so much more hope mm. for humanity. And mm -hmm. so I think that it's also thinking about things like, and that's for me personally, mm -hmm. that might not be the same for someone else. Maybe they can watch the news. I think it probably, I think but, that's pretty safe. Well, but yeah, but I, I think that thinking about the things that leave you feeling mm -hmm. depleted and um, kind of take away your joy, mm -hmm. I, I think that there might be a list of things to avoid yeah so that we can that we have the capacity to continue to be a people of hope yeah yeah a lot of distractions from yeah. hope or false senses of hope um yeah, yeah. i think that's true well cuz i'm naturally a pessimist so i, <laughs> I think the worst too. yeah like i think the worst of every situation and yeah. not necessarily that i think like we're all going to hell in a handbasket. No, it's not but, that, but I'm just like, I don't necessarily expect people to be at their best <laughs> because I know I'm not always at my best right. and I go immediately to dark thinking. So why would I think that right. everyone else is at their best? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, then you meet people and you're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're, how are you the way that you are? Like, I have so much hope for the world now that I've met when you can meet a real person who is doing good or something like you're saying. So going out and having conversations with people in your community that you're like, oh, you do exist. Yeah. There's versus, goodness in the world. Exactly. Karen Kraska. She's <laughs> the go. one for me. That It's like, <laughs> you cannot bring that woman down. Like she is so hap happy and hopeful and optimistic at all times. Any bad news you give her, she will find the hope in it and just surrounding yourself with those people who can yeah. see yeah. Uh, hope in the world. Yeah. I think it it is contagious. Mm. Another thing would be is going back to gratitude um, that looking for the things that you're grateful for. And I know that's corny and 
something we you know we just had Thanksgiving, uh, but um, yeah, we did Thanksgiving. We're I know. done being grateful. Yeah, now we're done. it's about what I want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I think those can be helpful things for being like, oh yeah, like I'm not completely abandoned because I still have my health or I had you know I have family or whatever. Um, so that could be another thing. Here is the one question I'm asking everybody. Okay. What is your favorite kaleidoscope moment revealed in the hmm. Christmas story? And I have defined a kaleidoscope moment as a unique piece of the story that when you see the big picture, hmm. it reveals God's magnificent plan or love. Oh, my favorite? Um... I think it's the way and who uh, God chose to use um, in Mary in that this birth of this Savior was going to come from this teenage girl who wasn't married yet and would be a refugee and... uh, so she's a single teenage mom technically. She has she has a her live-in fiance. Um and that's who the hope of the world is going to come through. Um to me that tells me everything about who God cares about. Um about who God um wants us to look out for and who God doesn't forget. Um that if it can come from the the very last person that anybody would say the savior of the world should come through, um, that's the one person God's going to use. Yeah. The end. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gracie, for joining me for another episode. Thanks and we'll see for you having soon. me. And- Merry Christmas to you and Merry yeah, Christmas Merry to Christmas. Um, we do have Christmas Eve worship times that uh, you can go to tmumc.org slash Christmas. And we've got some candlelight services happening on Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. We have uh, an earlier in the morning uh, service for families and it's for like kids and teens and it's at 11 a.m. And so everything you need to know about worship worshiping with us at Christmas is at tmumc.org slash Christmas. And I, I hope you'll join us to experience this hope that God has to offer God with us. Yes. Amen. The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if Treach could be your new church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org. And I hope to catch you next week for our next episode of the Life Plus God podcast.